Hey, before we start this episode, just want to remind you that the Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business is available everywhere that you like to buy books, and you can get it in paperback, Kindle, and even as an audiobook. I'll have links on where you can purchase in the podcast notes. Okay, back onto the show. You are listening to One Broken Mom, a podcast dedicated to raising awareness about mental health, parenting, and self-improvement. I'm the host, Ami Quirconi. One Broken Mom is not a family show. It is intended for adults only and may contain adult language. Sometimes the topics are serious, but you can count on the episodes to be entertaining. Also, One Broken Mom is not offering any psychiatric or medical diagnosis. We're just here giving away useful and important information. So if you're ready to hear real talk by real people so that we can all get better together, then you're in the right place and welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of One Broken Mom. I have with me a return guest that happens on the show, as you guys know. Sometimes we find some people, we make some magic happen, some sparks click, and then we're here and we're talking about another topic. And with me again is Audrey Holst, and she's with Fortitude and Flow and is a coach that actually helps people work through their grappling of perfectionism, whether it's like a strong part of their drive or it just might be something that gets in the way every once in a while. Um, and at the end of our last episodes that, that we did, um, we were talking about, you know, you're not a perfectionist and you're not perfect, right? And trying to kind of overcome this idea that we know all. Um, you know, what I, what a lot of people don't hear is after we wrap up, sometimes there's a conversation that can go on like another 30 minutes, depending on the person. And Audrey and I were talking about the, the concept, um, of the self-awareness, which is if you have the mindset of I'm perfect, then it probably leads to us becoming boundary violators ourselves, right? And we talk a lot about how we want to protect our own boundaries, but we also have to have a little bit of self-awareness. Sometimes we might actually be protecting our own boundaries and violating other people and not know that. And so that's what we thought, like, man, that would be a fantastic conversation to have. And so welcome back, Audrey, to talk about some of our shortcomings that some of us may actually have. (laughs) I can't wait. I mean, I've, I'm certainly, I've certainly been guilty of boundary violation. I'm happy to talk about some of the things that have, have, uh, stopped me from doing so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and I know that it's, it's come up for me, um, in some of the comments that you made as we were going back and forth on the emails that really struck me, which is, you know, I know better. And as a parent, right. Like that's one of the biggest, I think that parents don't think of themselves as boundary violators with their own children, because there's this, we don't view our kids as being autonomous human beings, right? And that that's, I mean, that's like the one of the threads winding through this entire program is if we had parents who kept pushing past our own boundaries, especially as we became teenagers and started to individuate and started to express it. And so part of our healing journey is this idea of learning that if we had parents that pushed our boundaries or violated them or, or really got on top of us and negated boundaries altogether for either their own narcissistic reasons or they thought they knew better about what we should be doing with our lives and decisions that we would make, it's understandable how that model actually can worm its way into um, our personal lives. And, and since we, uh, you know, you and I are one of the, the guests that I talk with also in our business lives and our professional lives, how that can actually influence our leadership of other people, which is the, I know better. I'm the expert. You know, I know you're telling me one thing, but I'm going to push you past and, and force you. And there's a really tricky little balance between 
actually being an expert and a guide and a coach and a mentor and a, um, and a leader to being a know-it-all and a disregarding and invalidating, um, you know, another person's wisdom and experience, right? Totally. And I would add, I think one of the ways that I relate to this subject is, um, a, uh, this sort of identity validation that can come from, I've got the answer. I know what you need to do. And I am just going to like shove that down your throat because for me, I'm getting the validation. I'm getting some need met because I'm the one that's showing you the way and like giving you the answer and helping you feel better. That's one of the ones that I am a, I've been a boundary violator in my own relationship, uh, which was something that was in extreme conflict with my husband's boundaries, where I was trying to manage his emotions and make him feel better about the things. And that hit him on such a negative level that it, I couldn't actually continue to violate those boundaries because he was like, uh-uh, we are not, this is not happening. Right. So I think that that's another thing out of, out of the, what we feel like the, the guise of being helpful in some way, shape or form can also be a way to be violating people's boundaries and sovereignty. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that made me think, I'm glad you brought up a personal relationship, you know, with your husband, because I also think of, um, of the one thing that I think many of us may be able to relate to, which is the insistence on continuing the conversation, even if somebody else is ready to exit. And we've been taught that when somebody isn't willing to talk about that thing right fucking now that they're running away from the problem and then they're shamed into that. But in reality, as we start to learn and grow with ourselves, we realize that some of us actually do need to disconnect, but it is okay to say, listen, I'm going to put a pause button here because I need to take a breath and I need to walk away. And that's actually a healthier way to handle it. But it's a boundary violation to come in and go, no, we're talking about this right now. No, don't leave the room. No, 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 no. And I've had to learn that with my own kids because mm. I've taught them how to preserve their boundaries. But I had that tendency of like, well, let's talk about it. And, and, you know, you teach your daughters like how to have boundaries and you want them to learn it. And my daughter's like, listen, I told you already, I'm not in a state to be able to talk about this. And I was like, holy crap, like the lesson is being learned, like the student, you know, the master's becoming the student, you know, but that's actually very common, right? Like to try to force the conversation and to force people against their will, but really it's their psychological safety, right? Yes. Yeah. And I want to, um, uh, just mentioned Randy Buckley, who runs the program Healthy Boundaries for Kind People. And when she talks about um, boundaries, she talks about it as an infrastructure for your life and relationships. And she also talks about the fact that this, this blanket how to do boundaries thing just doesn't work because, right, just like you, we've all got different backgrounds. We all had different experiences. We all have different capacities. So somebody's capacity to have a conversation in this moment, if these capacities are not matching up, then that conversation does not need to happen. Right. Right. Somebody has to get to, okay, I can have this conversation now. It doesn't mean I'm being avoidant or I'm being, you know, dismissive and uh, dismiss- you know, don't exactly, care. exactly, yeah. exactly. So it is really important to look at people as individuals and recognize their sovereignty and recognize that everybody has different capacity and pasts and history that is going to affect how they, uh, you know, handle a boundary, give a, uh, set a boundary or even push past a boundary, right. Violate a boundary. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know part of the reflection for me has been to realize that when I was doing, you know, this whole, like, we're going to talk about it right now. Like I, you know, I got reflective once you, know, you hear your daughter say that back to you and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I got curious. Why did I think I needed to continue the conversation? And it was like you had said earlier, it was about solving my problem. My problem was, was to try to help her be happy. And that's my yes. codependency. That's my hero child. That's my little girl trying to make everybody happy. And it was like, oh, dang, like, you know, if she, if she needs space, like I get that, like I hate being pushed. Right. And I think that's why I, you know, for us talking about this today is that we, we know what we need. And sometimes we do the exact opposite of what we need with other people, yes. you know, and, and that, and that's where the self-awareness is like, man, I'm doing exactly what I hate. Like, wow, that's a, that's a kind of thing I need to sit and think about. And it, it isn't because I'm trying to help them at the end of the day. It was, I was trying to reduce my discomfort. And for yes. me, I attack a problem right now, <laughs> you know, like yes. that's how I get my problem solved. Right. <laughs> Totally. Totally. Yeah. And so a lot of this becomes for anybody that's listening and it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a boundary <laughs> violator. I did not even know. I thought, you know, I was, I was framing it in a different way. It's, it really occurs to me as we're talking about this as, as a self-awareness and then a self, I don't know if the word self-management is really the word I want to use, but there is that managing or being aware of and and addressing that discomfort in that moment, right? And saying, okay, I'm really uncomfortable. My urge is to jump in, fix, I knew better, know better, all that sort of stuff. And like, how am I going to deal with that moment as opposed to the putting it in somebody else's space? Right, right. Yeah. And like I said, you know, from a parenting perspective, because some of the people are parents and, you know, and we all had them, right? Um, I know that that has been like that discomfort doesn't go away, but it, it definitely is the, um, it's a really weird feeling to walk away from somebody when you want to fix it. The discomfort is to try to solve the problem. And they're telling you to give them some space and you walk away and you, I, I, you sit there and go, I have to tell myself, like, I've got to trust that they're making their decision and it's the best one for them. And, um, and if I really want them to be fixed or solved or happy, they get to do that and they've made a choice and that's okay. So then, you, you know, it's kind of that mindset of like, let the breath out, you know, like bring some air back in the chest. <laughs> yeah. What you want is happening. They're telling you what they want. You don't actually have to fix it to me. Wow. Look, that's just like, you know, you freed up 10 minutes in your schedule here of not having to try to fix the problem for them. And it's, and it is this mental, you know, gymnastics of, of walking away and not feeling good about that. And that was, that's been a hard thing to, you know, to do. Cause we, re, we fear, um, rejection, abandonment, yes. um, you know, again, especially if we are, you know, coming from backgrounds of codependency in our relationships, where it was all about making sure everybody else was happy and doing the tap dance for them. It can be really hard to um, to let go of that that habit, right? Like, and that's what we is like. It, it's self awareness habits that we have to learn how to break some of the habits of this response symptom respond, you know, process that um, you know again is just about making sure we feel good. Totally, and I think that there's something here to with the perceived or real power dynamic, right? We were talking about with parents. And I think it also comes up in, if we're going to bring it to the professional realm, right? right in organizations, in a, um, you know, a leadership capacity or somebody that is in, in a, a role that is, that falls, you know, down the ladder from somebody else. I'm putting that in quotes. So 
Um, it is something when somebody does express to you, uh, a stop or an I need time. That's actually a positive thing where this person is willing to actually tell you this, right? Because there are some cases, and I think that this does come in the professional realm sometimes where people are scared to, to set a boundary, right? They're, they may not be comfortable. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of different, and these are a couple of different things that we, we sort of discussed off um, before we started talking, but a couple of different things that might be boundary violations that you might be doing that you might actually not be getting the feedback on, right? Like you as a leader may be doing these things and, and it's possible depending on the relationship you have with your employees or, or your coworkers or your peers that nobody's saying anything because there are assumptions or that other people are doing it, or that's the norm in the, in the company culture. So um, there are a couple of things that might, you know, might show up that you're like, okay, this might be a, you know, this might be a thing. So well, let's um, go ahead and let's go through some of those for yeah. people so that it, again, this is awareness raising, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. So, um, the, we mentioned the, I know better piece, right. Disregarding other people's decisions. There may be, uh, this may be something that if you're a micromanager type leader, that you may have somebody who is making, you know, making decisions in, and you are like, no, 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 uh-uh, nope. This is what we're doing. Right. That might be considered a boundary violation depending on the context. Um, public versus private feedback. That is another thing that can re- that can actually be a boundary violation. If um, something actually would be a more, more appropriate brought to a person in a confidential conversation, but it's actually being aired out in a public setting, which can be really um, a, a really terrible experience for somebody, right? Especially with that, that wiring that we have that we want to belong and be safe. And that can violate both of those right off the bat. Um, not listening to feedback or not believing somebody's feedback. So receiving feedback and, and being like, yeah, yeah, cool. Just, but just dismissing it, brushing it off as if, okay, you know, so-and-so doesn't know what they're talking about, that sort of thing. Like not even letting it in or even letting it land. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's one be- I, I think about too is, um, and I've heard this from leaders, which is, yeah, I don't care if they feel bad about this. Like, I don't, you know, I don't Mm. care. And I had a conversation once with a leader and I was like, you know, there's a lot of anxiety around these changes that are actually happening. I, yeah, I don't care. I told him that they just need to get over it. We just need to move on. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I think that's an extremely important dynamic to mention because I think that is so prevalent. And I think that really is the overarching umbrella here, right? Where it's like, well, congratulations, but who cares, right? Some version of that where we're like, yeah, great, but I don't care. You know, this is, this is the way we do things around here. There's some flavor of that to each of these boundary violations that we've talked about. So if you find yourself being like, great, but I don't care on some level, that might be a, Ooh, Hey, maybe you want to pay attention to that one because that's going to cause some issues. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So continue. (laughs) Um, let's see. I mean, there's, there's this sort of, uh, big red flags that people, you know, harassment and bullying, obviously boundary violations. I mean, if you're not identifying this in yourself, but somebody is maybe saying, Hey, this thing you're doing is again, maybe you want to pay attention to that. Um, yeah. And just disregarding people's feelings in general, just like you said, um, how people feel about a thing is in the water and it's real and it's important and that's information. And it's, it's probably not gonna be helpful just to be like, well, suck it up and get over it. That's probably not going to be the way you're going to want to lead somebody that you want to have on your side or on your team. Right. Right. You know, a comment came up that, um, you and I had talked about too, that kind of like, you know, 
tempering down our social media presence for a bit, just for mental health. I know it's been for mental health for me. (laughs) Yeah, same. Um, I'm sure Facebook is not going to like hearing this, but you know, whatever. Um, But one of the things that when I kind of like tiptoed back in and got my feet wet um, was about candor, right? And the the delivery of feedback to people and, and doing it so directly, like, you know, I don't mean this to be personal. I've used this example before, like, this is just business. It's not like, you know, don't be, you know, don't take it so personally. But that, you know, violating a boundary like is is in a way you're penetrating the psychological safety of somebody else and you just you're pushing through it and you don't care about that. And that how we give feedback, like you had mentioned, right, whether it's private or um, public, but there's also just the delivery system itself. Like, do you just say exactly what's what you mean? And do you not even think about the how the other person will receive it and how it will land with them in a way that could be um, very hurtful. And because you can't just dismiss it as, listen, I'm just trying to be as direct as honest. And we joked a little bit about like my, my ideal coaching client is somebody that can take direct feedback, but I'm not cruel about it. I'm just going to like, you know, be out there with it. But I also do know how to kind of couch words together because I, I really do care. Like my heart hurts when I think about saying something in a way that hurts another person's feelings. Yes. But when people have um, practiced a habit of di- of dismissing the way it's received with the follow-up habit of you're being too sensitive or I didn't mean it personally or whatever other like follow-up word that seems mm. it's supposed to neutralize that. Like, right. Mm. You just, I can feel you like, right. That's yeah. A I'm like, Whoa, it feels gross. Real gross. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes it, again, that may be something we may be guilty of doing, you know? And I, I thought about this, like with a friend where I was like, she was telling me a story and then um, I was like, you know, kind of in my head, my gears were going. And I remember making a response to her because I was being my direct, honest girlfriend self. And then after a while, of course, I've been ruminating about like, God, was I sensitive enough to the way I said that to her? Like, did I hurt her? Would she tell me if I did, you know, and all that. And I thought, sure, I, I might have like, should I have just not said anything, you know? And then it's like, would that be violating my own personal boundary? Or, you know, um, you know, where's the line there between feeling like you have to say something for yourself and, and, but saying something that actually ends up hurting somebody and that, kind of gets twisted up into our self-awareness, doesn't it? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It, it occurs to me that something that is worth doing is considering the relationship. You know, what is the relationship that you have with this person? What is the, what is the depth of the relationship? What is the nature of the relationship? Um, being aware of power dynamics and comfort level, that sort of stuff. Um, what's the level of openness you have with this person to begin with? Because that's probably going to affect how, um, how things are received or how things can be delivered. Um, obviously, right. Like you were saying with a personal friend, you may have said something totally, uh, benign and, and kind, but direct. And maybe just in that moment, there was just more sensitivity in the air, you know, the more sensitivity around the subject who knows. Right. And that's, I think that's also a piece of it where I got to say for all the perfectionists out there, that are like, Oh my gosh, I got to get these boundary things. Perfect. We are going to, it's going to happen, right. You're going to violate somebody's boundaries. You're going to say something in a way that doesn't land perfectly. And a, and a piece of that, right. Is that, is that repair is the, okay, well addressing that something happened as opposed to, well, I'm really sorry you feel about that. Really sorry. You feel that way. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. I am just laughing. Yeah. I mean, again, we may have all felt that. And I think that 
the 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 part that I know is being a, a direct person, um, and I use that word, I, the, a word that's also been used to describe me by other people. And I'd like to actually talk about that is the word intimidating and being intimidated, right? Okay. Yeah, um, definitely. Because sometimes that word gets lobbed at a person as you are intimidating and it makes us, I'm going to say me, cause that's a word that's been used against me, um, doubt and, and measure twice a lot of things. And, you know, depending on, again, like you said, the power dynamic or the relationship of like, you know, now I'm going to dial back and not say something that I want to say, violating my own personal boundaries because yes. I'm worried about the, the shame. And then on the other hand, um, you know, if I'm in, a, in an aggressive state of mind, I'm a fight person, right? Um, and if I'm in a more aggressive or conflict state of mind, I will definitely like be more forthright and direct. And I've had to learn how to like, whoa, you now you're triggered. Like, let's just calm down a little bit and like, you know, take a minute. And that's, that's behavior change, right? And the yeah. and self-awareness. Yeah. Um, but when people have had labels like that, you know, placed on them, um, you know, you, you may not be violating another person's boundary as much as you are a repetitive boundary violator of yourself. Cause right. Like we talked about, like there's holding your boundaries and not letting people penetrate those walls. And then, but the flip side of that is you actually not protecting your self boundary. Yes. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about that big time. Yeah. I, I, it's really true because I think that that is a a very common conversation around boundaries where it's boundaries between self and other, as opposed to boundaries with self within self. And, uh, that can be something that, you know, on all different levels, we can violate our own boundaries. And maybe that's staying in integrity with yourself. Maybe that is saying you're, you know, committing to certain actions that you don't follow up on. And then you feel terribly about that. Um, there's all different ways that we basically have particular values or beliefs or standards that we, that hold, essentially, I think integrity is really the word that 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 feels most relevant. Is there are certain things we do say, behave, feel that we that really feels like okay. When I do these things, when I say these things, when I be this way in the world, this is me in integrity. And when we do things or act or or say things that that fall outside of that norm, uh, that we that feels good for us, that's when things start to get sticky. That's when we start to to really, okay, now I'm getting some self-doubt going on because I say this is this this is what I'm holding myself to. This is what I'm doing. These two things don't match up. Now what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How might we, uh, let's come up with, let's talk about some examples there. Because again, I want people to, um, you know, we've done the, I've done the show now for four seasons. This is coming up on the end of the fourth season here. Um, a, a lot of the whole, you know, the episodes have been around raising awareness of what the influence of the past is and how mm-hmm. it shows up in our behaviors, mm-hmm. um, how to develop some compassion and understanding, how to be able to like look back at our story so that we know the truth and the full story about what's going on and, and how we are today. Yeah. Um, but I've had, you know, like I said, in the last few years, people that have gone through and they're all like, well, then how do I know if I'm doing some of these things that are self-sabotaging or, you know, hurtful to myself or behaving in ways that are like, man, I picked up some really bad habits and now I want to know if I'm the person who is hurting other people. And and so that's what we're doing here is like the boundary violation conversation is something of like, let's just get like a little truthful, you know, with ourselves here. Um, so if we're looking at self-trust issues, um, you know, I can use, for example, 
the uh, knowing that I really want to say something, but I but my habit is to keep my mouth shut, but to stew on it in anger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. there's a person who is violating my boundaries. And instead, and so there's like, a, you know, in that case, it's a double, it's a double violation. Like I said, this was my boundary. And you violated it anyways, but instead of me telling you you're violating my boundaries, I'm I'm not telling you I'm violating my boundary. And instead, I'm just getting really pent up and mad and frustrated and resentful and, and all that stuff. So like it's a double whammy there. What are some other like that you can think of like working with your clients that might be real examples that somebody might not view as a as a self-boundary violation? Um, is there anything to share? Yeah. So, um, I, I think one of the big ones is just withholding communication about a thing that is, is troublesome or bothering. Um, you know, a client who's been thinking right where they've been ruminating about this thing for a week or two weeks. Well, usually it's about a week because we're sessions are about a, a week in between. So they don't get, they don't get to go far. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get very far. And it's like, I'm sorry, when did you get this text message and how long have you not been replying to it? You know, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of that is okay. Yeah. This thing's been stuck and I want to say something, but I'm angry or I don't really know what to say, or it just in a, a lot of it is communication. Like I want to communicate a thing, but I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. Right. I want to be kind, but I don't know how to say it in a kind way. So I'm not saying anything. And every time now I'm in relationship with this person, this thing is between us and I don't like them. (laughs) I'm having a hard time liking them or being in relationship with them. Um, something that I know, and I would consider this a boundary violation and maybe, maybe other people have different, different definitions around it. But, uh, when I say I'm, when I hold myself to a, a certain standard of I'm going to do this thing, right. I say, I'm going to do this thing. And I don't follow up on that either. I don't, um, uh, you know, like I don't deliver or I don't, uh, change, you know, communicate that maybe something has changed and it just kind of goes by the wayside. And now I'm ruminating on this thing that I told somebody I was going to hold myself accountable to, and I didn't do it. And now I'm starting like, well, what's wrong? Right. I don't know if that'd be considered a boundary. That feels like a boundary violation to me and not addressing it is also a problem. I think that's a lot of the things where we violate a boundary and then it doesn't get addressed and then it sits. And now we have all sorts of time to think about, well, what does that mean about me? Right. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, let's just not kind of noodle on that for a bit, because I think a lot of people can sympathize with that. The, um, you know, making commitments, you know, not just to one person, but maybe several times to many people and, and then not, not having the, um, it's actually fear, right? Like Mm -hmm. when we know we can't follow through, then we get afraid that we're going to be reprimanded or punished or rejected or whatever. I mean, that's a child fear right there. Right. Right. Yep. You know, um, you had a rule, your five-year-old self had no idea how to follow the rule. You, yes. you didn't follow the rule and you got punished yes. for it. Like, I mean, that's just like, you know, that's, we all know that's that feeling right, right there. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in that situation, um, it is the, uh, is it a boundary that you're saying that we're violating for the other person of this person has like, I have standards that I want my friendships and my relationships to abide by, which is when you make a promise, keep a promise, or at least let me know that you can't or can't do that, that if we are consistently unable to make and deliver on those promises that we may be consistently violating the, these standards that people have, because not everybody has that as a standard, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it can go both ways. I think it's totally true that you could be violating somebody else's boundary and really at the same time, right. 
it's a problem for both parties, right? It's an issue for both parties, again, depending on somebody's standard. So um, I think that 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 awareness of, okay, I keep, maybe I'm continuously violating a boundary, but maybe I'm not actually able to, right? Maybe there's something else here that I need to take care of because this is something I keep trying to hold myself to. And actually I don't have the capacity to, I just don't have the realistic capacity to do. And I'm not willing to communicate that um, because I think I should be able to, right? There's a lot of that that goes on sometimes. I should be able to, but I continuously demonstrate that I can't, or I'm unwilling to, there's something, there's some issue there. And now I'm banging my head against the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like one of the conversations that I've had when we talked about people pleasing on the show and which is when you um, are over committing and under delivering and uh, you know, sometimes people pleasing can can take many flavors. We all have different flavors of all of our foibles, right? Like, you know, so it's not just one, but you know, some form of people pleasing is, is really being hyper-focused and following through and always delivering at your own expense. But I have seen the people pleasers that say yes to everybody and then they get into a swirl of anxiety because they can't deliver on all of those yeses that they've made to themselves. And so now they're like overly anxious and maybe even becoming depressed at the inability to be able to follow through on it. And you're just like, well, stop saying yes to everybody, right? That's a personal boundary violation. Definitely yes. right there. But yes. I remember one person I knew like this, I knew I couldn't trust him anymore. Like, I just was like, it doesn't even matter. Like, I can't even make any plans because I know your tendency is to say yes to anything I suggest and then at the end, when it finally comes up to it, you know, we don't get or it, it, we don't follow through or I have to talk you into choosing which commitment you're going to actually follow through on because the other ones are, you've, all, you've said yes to everybody. Like, you know, there's no time in the, in the, you know, schedule for everybody at the same time. Yeah. And so I think that really raises a really good point on that self-boundary violation, the benefits of not violating your own boundaries is that you can deliver on the things and you can show up honestly, and you will communicate if there's a problem and that you're on the same page and that people can trust you. Right. So I think that's one of those things, maybe when people, people get caught on that, well, I've got a, I got a, I, well, do you have to, because if you continuously are violating your own boundaries, then that creates a lack of trust with other people and that becomes a problem. And now you're dealing with that on right. That, that becomes a layer upon layer. So I think that's a really good point. And it's, it's definitely worth people noodling on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they wouldn't think of themselves necessarily as the people pleasing types, right? Like we don't always label ourselves. Like I think I mentioned this in our last conversation, like I wouldn't have ever put the perfectionist label on me, but after talking with you, I thought, ah, man, there's a couple of things in there that kind of really like landed. <laughs> so that might yeah. Be- <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to is, is what, what resonates and how is that, how, how can you make that be helpful, right? How can that be helpful? And maybe there's some things too, where people are listening like, oh, well, I don't do all those things, but that one thing really, really doing on a regular basis. Okay, cool. So maybe you're not a global boundary violator, right? Maybe you don't put that label on yourself, but maybe you're aware of this particular behavior that, that may be doing this. Yeah. So then let's talk about when we are violating other people's boundaries. Let's come back to that one, because I think that's the one, um, you know, we all want healthy relationships and healthy connection. Yes. And, um, and, you know, when we, when we continually violate a boundary for somebody else, we find ourselves with fewer and fewer relationships or they're just not healthy relationships, right? Because right. you maybe you're in a situation where the other person is allowing you to push them. But like you said, they lack the skills, confidence, and abilities to be able to tell you. So you, you are habituating the thing over and over again, thinking there's nothing wrong with it because this other person hasn't complained yet. 
Right. Right? right. And and so what kinds of situations do we see that actually show up? I mean, I can think of kids as one personal relationships is another one. Um, and I think work can actually happen. Have you worked with people on that where it's like, I think I'm fine because this other person hasn't said something, but what does that actually still look like, you know, when it's gone too far? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, people, the behavior, I think that comes along with when people are not able to speak about their boundary being violated, there tends to be this avoidance that happens, right? Well, I can't, I can't be in relationship with this person. I don't know how to say anything about it. So the best thing that I can do is to start avoiding, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody who is, you literally, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a work relationship where you're like, gosh, I'm like having a hard time tracking this person down. Or like when we are, it it feels like they are like constantly pulling away or that everything's really short or that there's not, there's not a, uh, an ease in, in communication with us, or, you know, maybe with a personal relationship with somebody is just a little bit more quiet or a little bit not available, right? People in your life that tend to all of a sudden start ghosting in some capacity, it is possible that the reason they're ghosting is because they're not comfortable coming to you and telling you about it, about these boundary violations. That's, that could be a very common thing that you might just start paying attention to or, or noticing. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great one because I think uh, you know we can see that, and I and I want to put this out there: don't take everything personally, everybody. So don't start to feel badly if that happens because sometimes ghosting is on them and not necessarily you. Yes, but, please. But but <laughs> um, whenever I see something, um, you know, a, a behavior that it's just like, wow, I just I didn't expect that. I wonder where that's coming from. I do like I have a self check first. I mean, it's also just the way we go. Like, what mm-hmm. have I done? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and go through this assessment. Is it possible? Maybe okay, and then sit there and 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 it's hard to do that to be a skeptical thinker of our own, you know, our own issues and things. Sure. Um, but sometimes you come down to the list and go, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what I want is I want somebody who feels like they can talk to me. So what am I going to do? Am I going to ignore? this or am I going to raise it so that it can be a problem that can be discussed? And if it can be awesome, then I get to continue this friendship relationship, you know, whatever it is with my colleague, my friend, or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, and then if it can't, at least you've done something right. And attempted to restore repair, you know, that relationship. But I like that ghosting. Cause I think that that actually, uh, people could probably start to circle back and go, wow, I wonder how often that's been happening. Right. And that's a right. Just like you said, it's, it's not always about you for sure. And if it's a pattern, right. If it's a continuous pattern that, wow, it seems like over and over and over again, this is happening. Um, might be something to get curious, inquisitive about. Right. Right. And since we talked about self boundaries, um, if you are certain that, um, it, it's not all about you and it may be about them, you get to ask yourself whether or not those are relationships you want to get. Cause again, healthy connections are how we have healthy lives and secure, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it, you know, this is, it, it's about being, it's a bit of a discovery, right? Because I think that for a lot of us, and I'll speak for myself, a lot of the clarity comes over time. Like you may just not be clear on what's a boundary, what's not a boundary, what's a boundary violation, what's not right. You just may not be clear because it it may just be something that you don't have a lot of experience with or that you haven't experienced in your past and so you have no idea how to handle it in the present. So I think when you're starting to approach these things, just be open, be in relationship with people, you know, ask questions with people that you know will be uh, direct. <laughs> 
and kind <laughs> and honest with you. I think it's important to have those people, those direct people in your life and know that. And I, you know, I have those direct people in my life also. And I think that a lot of the times, um, you know, they know me to be a, a sensitive person. I think sometimes they, they almost handle me a little bit too gently. I'm like, listen, I trust your love for me and I trust your affection for me. So you can be direct here. Like I can receive that and, and be okay with that. But again, I can say that to those people in my life because I have that trust. And I think that's that thing too, where you build up that trust over time. You get more clear about your boundaries over time. You get more clear about what's appropriate over time. And, and knowing that when you start uh, adjusting boundaries, it, there's an adjustment period with the relationship too, right? People have to get used to different things and different behaviors and, and how that, how that makes things shift going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think too, sometimes, you know, boundaries are invisible. I mean, we don't walk around with a bunch of little fences out around us, you know, for different things, right? So we have no idea what the boundaries are. And sometimes we don't even know where our own limits are until the cocktail mixes up and we're like, Oh, Whoa, that's a boundary for me. Apparently. Like I just yeah. found, I found an edge, you know, and it just fell off and we just are, you know, here we are. Yeah. Um, and especially again, I go back to those of us who have like the trauma, the trauma in the background. Sometimes those really sneak up and surprise us and like, you know, can take us, uh, you know, off the rails uh, pretty quickly. Um, and I think that if, if you're sitting here wondering too, one of the best ways to find out people's boundaries is to simply invite them to share them with you. Um, because like you said, some people don't feel like there's enough safety psychologically to be able to say something um, because their their own fear is keeping that from them and uh, from being able to do that. Maybe there's been some interactions in the past between the two of you or the group or whatever, where you've indicated to them through your manners and habits and behaviors that it isn't safe for people to share. But if you truly are trying to do something um, and because you're, you're, your behaviors are misunderstood, which also happens to those of us who've been called intimidating, um, that to just say like, listen, Hey, I know we haven't done this in the past, but, um, I, I tend to do this, but, um, can you tell me like, you know, would you prefer, or do you have a limit or, you know, do you need to take a break more often? Like, do I talk over you? Do I, you know, whatever, I mean, start to open up the, the conversation so that they know that they can raise the, the flag or push the stop button. And you might actually begin to learn where all those little boundary limits and levels might be for people, you yes. know, um, which is like, it just being curious, right. Asking. Totally. Something that I will sometimes say, and I, I think this is more of a sense that I get when I'm talking to somebody or I'm, I'm doing an ask. I will often sometimes say some version of like, I'm open to your yes and your no. Like just literally coming out and saying like, listen, there is no agenda over here for you to accept or not accept. It, it literally, it, it does not matter to me. And I want to be very explicit that like, if you say no, that's awesome. And if you say yes, that's awesome. And I, like I said, I don't always say that, but if there's certain people or certain emails or certain communications, it feels like a helpful, explicit thing to say where somebody literally has the option like, okay, no, it, it actually is cool if I say no to this, or it's actually cool if I'm not accepting of this. So that's just something I've noticed if it helps anybody else. For sure. You know, yeah. Use it. If you're going to say that though, here's one of the biggest things. If you're going to say that, then keep your promise. I'm not saying oh. to you, I'm just saying in general, yes. because one of the biggest ways to violate everybody is to say that you're going to be cool with a no answer. And then as soon as you get the no answer, not being cool with it, trust <laughs> is out the door. Nobody cares. You've gone back to like, you know, the basics. It's done. Yes. Right? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. That's a, that's a given a hundred percent, hundred percent. If you're, if yeah. you say it, 
you got to do it. Yes. Right. Right. And I will, you know, and, you know, as, as we're conversing about this, you know, when you start asking people like the question, and again, they can be your kids, it can be your partner, it can be your coworkers, like, do, uh, you know, do we need, do I need to give you more time to think about something? Um, do we, you know, are there times where you, uh, you feel like I keep pushing, but you really wanted to stop, you know, um, because again, that finding out those unflattering things about ourselves and our personality, it does suck, especially, you know, you're just like, wow, I, you know, I pride myself on being a good human being, but apparently I'm kind of a dick sometimes. Um, but you don't get to be a better human being <laughs> without doing that. Um, it, you will feel pretty crappy, I think, for a bit, you know, when you yeah. have to have that self-awareness and that's okay too, because that's a part of our growing process, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and so noticing, um, like noticing those things, in relationship that ghosting and also that there's a bit of a shutdown that can happen with people where that you can just see that, like, they just kind of check out and, and, and if you continuously, you've noticed that they've checked out and you continuously push, right. That's another thing too. I just was, as you were talking, it was just occurring to me, if you're trying to bring somebody back in conversation and they are checking out, like chances are probably you've just railroaded something and they don't know how to do anything. And that's, and now you're, now you're on that track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, when we talk about the context of people, um, I always say it's really important that we, we really know who we are in terms of our sympathetic response system. Like yes. what do we do in stress Yes. Um, to identify, are, are you a runner or, you know, do you flight? Um, do you fight? Um, we all can freeze freezes that, and I I've heard people talk about fawn, but really we come down to fighting or flighting, right? You either want to mm-hmm. get out of the space, you want to leave the room, um, or you want to, you know, you want to fight back with it to know where we are because we're not all the same and the way we show up in, in these situations is going to be very different. Um, the fawning kind of comes into pushing, right? Like if we're talking yep. about boundary violations, the fawning response is I'm going to start doing whatever I need to do to be able to fix this problem and to, you know, take care of it. And that can be where a lot of people start pushing the, the boundary. Like we talked about in the beginning of this episode of pushing through to get the resolution right now, even if no one wants to be involved in it, they, everybody needs a timeout in a, in a break, right? Yes, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cool. Okay. Well, as we're wrapping up here as people are finding out that they've been doing this and they have that discomfort, right. Of having to change that behavior that just that little thing, right. You don't need to totally become a new human being tomorrow. These are all incremental steps. The first thing is right. Is pushing the button and realizing that we may be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is that uncomfortable moment that we've realized that we've been doing it and now we need to do something different. Do you have mm-hmm. any tips and suggestions for people to, you know, how to get through that, that discomfort of, I really want to keep doing this thing, but I now know that I, it's not good for this other person and good for my relationship with this person. So how do I manage my feelings about this at this moment? Yeah. You know, it kind of depends. Uh, my answer to that kind of depends on the person. Um, you know, some people are good with sitting with a moment and taking a few breaths and, and, and sort of letting it land and then, and then moving forward. I've noticed that some people, especially if they are, uh, action takers, like they actually need something to do in that moment. Um, so sometimes I will even suggest that they might even take, do, do like a box breath or something like that. Right. They might even take a conscious, okay, I'm super uncomfortable. I want to do the thing I'm going to take action, but the action I'm going to take is to actually do a box breath or two and just take a, and like literally take an action. Right. But not that other action. I'm actually going to create 
take a longer pause. Um, and then often they can either move forward, do another behavior, or at least it gives them a few moments to like, let their brain kick in and, and make an, and make a different decision in that moment. Right. So box breathing, deep breath in, hold it, release it, hold it back. Yep. I'm just doing that for the people that we've talked about, like for it's, you know, uh, what is it's called four square breath too. So, yeah, it's the, you know, the Navy seal breath. It's a kind of classic. It's good. It, it's nice because it, it gives you something. It gives your brain something to focus on. It is a focusing breath and it can be helpful when you need clarity in a moment where things are a little bit heightened, which in this case, they, they may be depending on the impact of this uh, level of discomfort you're dealing with. Right. Right. So, uh, deconstructing the boundary violations are tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, these are your notes. I'm not going to take your words. Um, and they, we are talking about self-awareness, right? So we're asking ourselves, you know, um, ultimately do we have a person who is engaging with us and communicating with us and we are overriding that level of communication because we're trying to solve our discomfort, not necessarily their true discomfort. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And how often do we do that? And when do we seem to actually have that? And I think that that's the takeaway, you know, that we'd want people to, to kind of run through with this. Um, are there any other suggestions that you might have for, for people? Um, you know, again, we're trying to help people grow and be better. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, I think that, honoring other people's sovereignty is, is a big thing. Um, I think that sometimes if we don't see people as being capable or we don't see people as being able to, right. Like we, in our perception, we don't think they're capable. We don't think they're able. So uh, obviously we need to, to jump in there and do something. I think just starting to contemplate or practice that viewpoint, uh, can be helpful because if you if you can see that another person has sovereignty and has choice and has decision and has um, uh, a way that works that may be different than yours. Cause I think that that's the other thing to, to recognize is that somebody may be something that feels like is in conflict in some version of, of what works for you. Um, and realizing that that is, that's okay. Like that's a normal thing. And to be in relationship and have a, a difference in between and that being okay. Right. Cause I think that sometimes people want to have a kumbaya moment and it's, doesn't always happen. Right. <laughs> right. So, so recognizing another person's sovereignty, recognizing other person's, uh, choice options and the fact that they may have expressions that may run counter to yours. And that's totally cool. And starting to let that sink in a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing that just came into my head, um, is that really sometimes the, the boundary is, is this also this identity of this other person. So it may not, it may not be just small things like in terms of communication or breaks or anything like that, but I have seen the, um, the really deeply negative consequences of when somebody really means well, right. So this is the one for all of the do-gooders out there that are listening, which is, being overly involved in another person's life. And even when they're telling you to back off, I've talked about this with enmeshment. I've talked about this with narcissistic parenting, um, where it is the, I really am trying to be there at all times for them to help them through this or to support them or whatever. And if somebody is telling you to back off and you can't back off or there's something going on in there, you know, my chest is tightening up here because I've seen what happens. I've seen a person develop a narcissistic personality disorder from having a parent who did not, would not back off. And I even had conversations with this parent of like, you're in this too much, like space, space, space. 
And so that can be a, you know, that's, that's the deeper negative consequence of when we, we lose our sense of where we end and the other person begins. And that's like an ultimate creep of the, of a boundary violation. And when I look back on some people that I've seen do it in this way, they mean well, Yes, right. That's the intention. That's really tough is like, I know we mean well, but we also have to know, like, and that's the parent in me. Like, that's what I, you know, my understanding of like, I know what I'm trying to do, but at the same time, I can't violate that sovereignty. Like you said, that individual person. And if they tell me that they want something and I think I know better, right. We keep using that phrase. Like, I think I know better. Um, in reality, we really don't. Right. I mean, we may have some experience. We can share that wisdom. But I mean, the thing that we some of us grew up with being violated is somebody else undermining and making us doubt our own sense of making directions and decisions for ourselves, and having somebody tell us that we were wrong constantly. And look, I have a whole show about how that messes you up. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's such a it's a really, really good point. And I've I have been, I think on both sides of that coin, I've been on the recipient of somebody who just wants to be so helpful. And the vibe is so smothering and it just makes you want to run in the other direction so fast. And it, and it's like, you can see the good intentions. Like you can feel, you're like, I get it. And absolutely not. And I, I a hundred percent, am sure that I have been that person too, in a lot of, in a lot of ways for my own, you know, past trauma and being like the helpful person being like this big thing that like, okay, this is, this is, this is my safety is like, if I can be helpful, if I can be of service, if I can do this, then I'm good. Um, so yes, a hundred percent. And that is a, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's real. Yep. It is. Okay. So if somebody just realized that, oh my God, that's me. Um, and I need to work with Audrey, Audrey, how can they find you? <laughs> if you go to fortitudeandflow.com, you can you can find out all the information about what I do, what I work, how I work. And I also, um, if you go to fortitudeandflow.com slash podcast interview, which will be easy to remember because that's what we're doing here. Um, I actually have a perfectionist archetype guide that people can take a look at because there are different, like we talked about, there's different flavors, there's different vibes, there's different types, there's not just one. So when people can start to understand what their archetype is, that can be really helpful in getting a good starting point to shifting those dynamics. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been really fun talking about how sometimes we do bad things and we don't mean to, but we do. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to drink a lot of water and take the rest of the afternoon off now. (laughs) (laughs) My sense of self is crushed. (laughs) Awesome. But thank you again for being on. I look forward to, like I said, I'm wrapping up season four, but I'd love to have you back in on season five and we can talk about other awesome stuff. So thanks again. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to One Broken Mom. You can find podcast notes on my website at amiquiracone.com. And there I'll provide all links to all of the resources that we mentioned on the episode. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for other episodes, feel free to send me an email. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, I'd love to have you be a part of the team. Finally, if you like what you hear, please share the podcast and leave a review so that others can find it. We are all here to get better together. I am the host, Ami Kurkoni, and as always, I am super grateful to have you as a listener. Until next time, have a great day.